Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. Maybe like me, you've been saddened to learn about how much food is wasted and how much food is grown but never reaches the public. We may understand that variations in harvest might lead to oversupply, but this doesn't account for the fact that the total food waste by consumers in industrialised nations is almost equal to the entire food production in sub-Saharan Africa. Jenny Costa became exercised about this and decided to put the surplus food to use. At the start, she also created a working environment for people struggling to get back into daily work. Her company takes fruit and vegetables and makes chutney, and this was initially sold in local markets in London, but now available in the likes of Fortnum and Mason, Selfridges and Waitrose. The company is called Rubies in the Rubble, and the founder, Jenny Costa, joins me today on the Leadership File. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you very much for having me. Great, great to have you here. Now, I understand there was a, a newspaper article uh, and then some spying surplus fruit and veg <laughs> in the market that led you to your early actions. So tell us the story of how it all happened. Yeah, um, it was quite random, really. I, I mean, I suppose my background, I'd been brought up on a farm on the west coast of Scotland. All right. And we are quite a sustainably-minded family. It's a very small farm uh, in the middle of nowhere. So my best friend was my sister, um, <laughs> not not really out of choice, but we are incredibly close. And as a family, we were always coming up with funny inventions and, and playing mm. games together and, and thinking of new ways that we could do things. Um, and my mother was a very ad, um, sort of fantastic gardener um, and because she loved what she was producing and she would make sure that she, her harvest would last the whole year and she was always turning surplus into chutneys, jams, relishes, um, anything that would preserve the life of her harvest. Um, but then fast fast forward, I, I went to university, I did a master's in maths, I ended up in the city of London, um, I went into a hedge fund, I didn't really think of what I was going into, it just followed everyone else. And quite soon after, I realised that I, I wasn't really passionate about finance. And I started looking around and, and trying to find out what my passion was and what my purpose was supposed to be. And uh, one day, I, instead of biking into work, I took the underground and started reading the Evening Standard. And there was an article about bin divers talking about how people were getting into the back of supermarkets and trying to take food out of the bins that um, that were thrown away but it had one day life on it or, or sort of nearing its shelf life and they were being arrested or bins were being locked up and it wasn't that I decided I wanted to be a, a bin diver but it, it made me start thinking about the whole food supply chain and um, how we have unpredictable weather and unpredictable harvests and then unpredictable humans and we decide what we want to eat that's 4pm that day um, and supermarkets that try and provide it in such a beautiful and plentiful way. And I, I started thinking of it's a perishable product being food, what happened to the unsold? Um, and it, it just got me sort of so excited by, by researching it. And the more I researched and realised how big the scale was environmentally, um, economically, but also this it was sort of mainly this moral feeling that we have enough food to feed the planet but yet so many are going without and we're wasting a third of what we produce globally and I, I wanted to create a really fun brand that um, preserved food that was a practical solution to targeting food waste and, and working direct with farmers creating a market that would have otherwise been discarded 
um, but also being a vehicle to talk about a message and, and to say, let's start cherishing food again. Let's start protecting our resources and, um, and making sure that we we're shepherds of everything that we grow in our planet. Right. Excellent. Well, I mean, this is a significant leadership challenge. I mean, obviously, the, one of the ways in which companies, charities start is someone gets a vision and then puts into practice. But, you know, from that point, you're still working in a hedge fund. Um, what's the sort of time scale in terms of actually handing in your notice and saying, right, I'm yeah. going for this? Well, I think everyone starts businesses in very different ways, depending on your personality. Mm. Um, my personality, I'm very slapdash. Um, I go with my gut and um, I sort of lead a lot on that. And I remember it was back in 2010 that I read the first newspaper article. It was 2010, November time. I, within that weekend had already gone visited fruit and veg markets oh, well. at 4am in the morning <laughs> just from research and finding out about these markets and wanted to see it with my own own eyes um, and then uh, found the cheapest fruit and, uh, the f- cheapest farmers market I could find uh, around Christmas time to try and sell my products and that was a, uh, our first market was in the 18th of December um, 2010 trialed the concept out um, with some fantastic women that I'd been helping and hanging out with uh, and we, we took a load of my mother's recipes, uh, went down to the market, got a lot of their surplus and the, we, we didn't do very well on our on, on our little market but we sold out by 2pm mainly because people were excited to f- try and get a Christmas present and it was blowing a blizzard and a horrible snowy day, I still remember it um, but I got such a buzz out of selling something that I'd made. I knew exactly what had gone into it, and there was a demand for it. Um, and it was part of my story. And I knew then that I, I was going to hand in my notice. So at Christmas time, I went home, told everyone I was going to leave work, and handed my notice in the first day back in January. I had three months um, of, of of a notice uh, at work, and in those three months, started planning. I remember telling work as well that I was I was going off to make chutney and or any friends as well. It, it makes you sound like <laughs> it's the sort of thing you do when you're retired. Mm. Um, but people were really um, for it, and it actually it it was a big thing for my faith as well because it made me think. I'm twenty. I was twenty five years old at the time, and um, the the three sort of pillars of of my faith of thinking. I know that Jesus is for me um, and that he he knows me inside out and he knows the desires of my heart and he wants me to prosper and he puts things in your heart um, to go and follow um, and that he'll never leave me. And, and then also that um, we were born for a purpose and we should go for it. And so when I, when I sort of looked at all of that and thinking, really, I should just give this a shot and if it, if it goes terribly wrong, I will have learned a lot. But nothing's going to happen, like, the world's not going to collapse underneath me, I'll, I'll still be supported. Um, and so stripping that all back, it was really just the fear of man and the fear of failure that was holding me back. And so I just thought, go, go for well, it. Well, it's really brilliant to hear to how, yeah, how you put things together in your head and uh, yeah, and went for it. So, so fantastic. Fun challenge. Well, well done, well done you. So, I mean, um, so into the practicalities of, of, of chutney production and stuff, um, uh, you know, you're you're getting fruit and veg, or at least back in those days. I don't know what whether things are the same today, but presumably you're 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 dependent a little bit on the kind of chutney you can make by what the surplus is. 
Is that the game? Yes. So um, various recipes? Yeah, so when we started, um, the City of London helped us put up a porter cabin kitchen on one of their wholesale markets because okay. they wanted to help reduce the surplus um, or the waste on that market. And so the market ran from midnight till 6am. We would arrive at around 6am and there was 160 different traders all trading by the ton um, of fruit and veg. And we would we would go and start chat- chatting to them um, and take up any fruit and veg that was mm. sort of on its last legs, really, that um, they couldn't sell onto a retailer because it couldn't sit on mm. their shop shelves for long enough. Um, and we knew that we had a day or so to turn it into a product that extended the shelf life. Um, and then and, and the added value and we could sell it on. Um, so we were on that market for two years and within those two years, I, the market markets are fantastic actually at being very resourceful and they're, they're, mm. there's nothing based on the size or the shape or how curly it is. They'll sell it um, and, until it doesn't really have a use. Whereas the, the, the waste that I wanted to really tackle was was working direct with farmers that had supermarket contracts and things that were being discarded because it was the wrong shape or colour or size. And where I could see that it, it was still fantastic produce, it just might not look right. And so we started working direct with the farmers and it's where we've, we've been ever since. Um, but the, the, the main ethos behind Ruby's is to make great tasting products in the most resourceful way um, so we have started we've started making mayonnaises as well uh, which are not based on fruit and veg but it's it's taking um, a byproduct in the supply chain aquafaba which is a sort of bean water um, that that's a byproduct of making hummus and it has the same properties as egg yolks or egg whites um, so we've we've transferred that into our mayonnaise recipe and started making mayonnaise, working Wonderful. with these hummus manufacturers. So it's it's um, it started with fruit and vegetables, but it's really just about trying to challenge the food supply chain mm-hmm. and saying we we can make sure that we're never wasting anything within it and always seeing a new product and a new value in things. Mm. So did the fruit and veg cost anything at all? When we started, we used to pay pay a very minimal, um, but it was incredibly. I remember pallets of boxes of mangoes that might be fifteen p or twenty p, so that it was still classified as as a as a sale. It wasn't a waste product. Sure. Um, And then now we pay. uh, We work with farmers. We do pay a reduced rate, Mm. but really we're trying to say this has got this has got value mm. and it should be in the food supply chain so we're there's a lot of work that goes in from the farmer's point mm. of view from growing it to getting it mm. and it might just be a hailstorm that suddenly ruined the crop and yep. made it look a bit different so we we definitely pay the farmers um, for their time uh, for boxing it up um, for getting it to us as well and making sure that they're not out mm. of pocket so in terms of the, from farm to the factory I guess you could use the word factory do you yeah, yeah. Well, yep. wherever it was made, anyway. Yeah. So where, where where are the farms and where, how do they, where, where does it come from to? Uh, so we work with farmers all over the country, mm. actually, from Lincolnshire, Kent, okay. um, Sussex. Uh, we do a bit in Surrey and Essex as well. Um, and then we have three manufacturing sites now, one down in Devon, one in Sussex, and one up in Lincolnshire. Oh, wow. Well. Um, oh. So it will go normally by the tonne. We try and move things by pallet loads, mm. um, and it will go direct from the farm to our manufacturing site um, and we will have worked up a recipe knowing that there's going to be uh, almost a year round or a big glut in a certain fruit or veg and that we can find a, a demand for it and a buyer. 
Wonderful. Well, you're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Jenny Costa. Uh, Jenny is the founder of Rubies in the Rubble, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Jenny Costa. Jenny is the founder of Rubies in the Rubble. We were talking before the break of how she uh, initially took uh, fruit and vegetable to make uh, chutney surplus products from uh, the market and uh, creating, obviously, value and and utilising food that uh, would otherwise uh, go to waste. And uh, a little bit about uh, how that's expanded now to um, taking food directly produce directly from the market to various factories in in devon sussex and and in lincolnshire so um you've been featured in the national press jenny so how did the word get out about this idea we i think we were really fortunate by how much coverage Mm. we had as an early um stage business we um i think the first coverage we'd had a very small article um in could have been the country life or something Mm. and the editor of the Sunday Times business was reading it on the weekend and just fell in love with the concept and the story and wanted to do a piece and and then from there it just started rolling Um, but it was we've I think food waste since I first started reading about it back in 2010 it was quite a hippie notion and people thought of food waste as um, a a mouldy product or something out of the bin or um, unfit for purpose or second rate and there's been um, a huge awareness from supermarkets and the government more because of the the carbon footprint of food waste and the cost of food waste and realising we have to start um, attacking it and and doing something about it that we can't morally be be this wasteful Um, and with that awareness I think there's been a lot of education around how much is being discarded that's perfectly fit for consumption it might just be that it's in the wrong place or the wrong time or um, that there's not the infrastructure to deal with it Mm. as well Uh, so so I think on the back of that it's really helped us with our press Um, but also I think if you've got a really compelling story and you're doing something a bit different and Mm. against the grain it was quite refreshing to be talking (laughs) about um, somebody that was trying to create a business from waste and Mm. uh, doing it in quite an unusual way Yeah, I think many folk would have heard of food banks and the way in which now increasingly supermarkets are providing food that's almost out of date Mm. you know, but this is a kind of a slightly different angle to the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's some fantastic organisations doing mm. great work on um, redistributing food mm. and working with charities as well. And I think first first and foremost that that should be, we, we should be mm. trying to do something with that. Um, from our point of view, I was really passionate about creating, making sure that it stays in the food supply mm. chain, um, that if there is if there is value in it, that um, farmers and producers can try and be supported uh, yep. with that. Um, but when we when we first started, especially we used to we were working with disadvantaged women at, uh, initially, and then trying to tackle food waste. And a lot of people, when I was trying to figure out could this be a sustainable business, and that I was losing money a lot each each month, um, they were saying, "Why aren't you just a charity?" and I think everyone has a different calling, but I was really passionate about creating a sustainable business. Mm, mm. And I really believe that businesses can tackle a lot of problems in society um, and be sustainable solutions to them. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the best sellers amongst your chutney? Ooh, well, my favourite uh, and the first ever recipe <laughs> was the spicy tomato okay. um, relish. And it's a great taste award winner. It's been, it's, it's definitely on the cardo, it's the best seller. Um, okay. It's fantastic with, from anything from, 
avocados to burgers to hummus. Mm. People like it with a poached egg in the morning. All right, and okay. So it's been really, <laughs> it's been a great seller. Um, yeah. We've also had some really quite funky products as well. We do a banana ketchup, um, mm. which again is a really good seller well. with anything Caribbean or a wrap yeah. style, or instead of your mango chutney, putting it on a curry. <laughs> Um, but they're all quite playful and invent- uh, inventive condiments. Right, right. So, I mean, looking particularly at the, your, your leadership style, or uh, you've mentioned already uh, you have a particular style of going with your gut and that kind of thing. What have you found that the, the big challenges, um, you know, from that start back in 2010? Um, my, I suppose my biggest challenges probably are that I've never, I have no um, training or okay. I've never done anything before. Mm. And as the as our team grows as well, making sure that everyone is cared for mm-hmm. and everyone's listened to. Um, but we've been really fortunate of growing the team very organically, but um, being very close knit that mm. everyone is really great friends. And I would sort of hang out with everybody outside okay. of work as okay. well as inside. And I think having that respect and knowing that you're listened to um, mm. really helps build a team. Uh, so I think I think building and growing the team has probably been mm. one of the biggest challenges. Uh, at the beginning, um, trying to understand how to make a business profitable. I think mm. any small business owner has that problem of yeah, yeah. supply and demand and figuring out how to get noticed and, and starting mm-hmm. growing. I was really naive at the beginning. I thought if I just create the best tasting product, everyone will want mm. to buy it. And realising actually how much work goes into um, getting it to market mm. and, and getting standing out on the shelf. And um, there's definitely been there's been so many challenges every step of the way, um, mm. making sure that you have a balanced work work life. Mm. Um, I notice myself if I'm not feeling 100 percent filled and um, energized, you go into work grumpy. You don't give people the mm. right amount of time that they need. And um, first of all, you're not going to have fun. In, mm-hmm. I mean, work should be a pleasurable thing and you're serving and you're you're really enjoying what you're doing um, and you need to be able to, to serve to, to look after yourself as well and yeah. um, so getting that balance as well of work um, and holding things really lightly I think is is um, making sure that the yoke and the burden is not on you yeah. um, I think is, is sort of a key I'm obviously as you can tell pregnant and um, and that's been a real challenge as well mm. it's, it's been a great learning of realising that you've got to step away from the, mm. the day to day of the business um, and putting a lot of other people in charge of things that you might have loved to, mm. to keep your, your, your fingers on Yeah I mean having moved from market now to factories in in Devon, Sussex and Lincolnshire, you've got to have people managing all that and involved. What sort of workforce do you have? Um, So in London, we've got a permanent team in London of five. We've just hired another two, so there'll be seven of us. Um, So we're a really small team. Mm. Um, And then in the three different sites, we've outsourced production. So we we work with other couriers. We work with other designers as well for our packaging. Um, Really, essentially, Rubies in the Rubble is a... um, uh, I suppose we're in charge of making sure that there's a supply of, of surplus fruit and veg. So we talk a lot with farmers. Our, our main time, uh, the mm. main, main amount of our time is spent sourcing um, otherwise discarded produce and making sure we we get it into a process form and to a manufacturer mm. in a timely fashion. But there's a seasonality to all this, isn't there? So yeah, so there's a lot of. I mean, mm. luckily with a with a relish or a chutney or a condiment, mm. the shelf life you're extending it to two years right, naturally right, yeah. by the sure. spice mix and the vinegars 
Um, but it does mean that we produce, so for example, our tomato relish, we'll produce a lot of it in mm. summer months. Um, we do have one or two occasional um, uh, seasonal products as well, like our pear, fig and pork chutney that just comes out at Christmas time, mainly because pears are, are in abundance mm. around that season. Um, so there's, there's, there's quite a lot of working through that. But mm. um, then on the other side, because we're working with cucumbers that don't fit straight, so they don't fit in the plastic sleeve, and the UK public eat cucumbers all year round, um, so there'll always be those curly cucumbers from the farmers to, uh, to utilise. There's probably two months in the year that we don't get them, so there's certain things that we can get all year round, and then other things where we're pretty seasonal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of uh, the things you enjoy, you mentioned it's nice to go into work and make it fun but I mean yeah are the bits bits you've been surprised at how fun it's been um from from work side actually being with the team mm. building mm. that team and and um seeing things happen and and things changing as well and uh that's probably my my the the biggest enjoyment that I have that suddenly you've got a team and and everyone is going towards the same goal um, I love working with farmers as well, mm. thinking of new products with this mayonnaise when we were developing that. That was really exciting. We're also developing a, a brand new product as well at the moment, um, more of a classic ketchup, which um, we're very excited about. Um, and, the, yeah, there's a lot of recipe development, a lot of ways of entering a new market as well. Um, but the, de- the the main, I mean, our day is so varied, and being mm. a small company... One day you're working with farmers, the next day you're in the manufacturing unit and trying to develop or tweak a tweak a recipe, and then the next you're talking to a supermarket chain or um, or a deli or somebody that might put it into their sandwiches, and there's there's a lot of different um, aspects of it, which is probably the bit that keeps you ticking as well. It's always yeah. changing. So obviously you've had you took a salary cut from um, you know hedge fund to to do yeah. this. You know, we're looking now eight years later. I mean, any any regrets? No, I wouldn't regret. And I mean, there was definitely been some highs and lows, but I, I love what I do. Good. Um, yeah. It gets you really excited for mm. getting up in the morning. Um, and I think if people have got a passion on their heart, that there's they've got go to just for go it. for it. Yeah. yeah, and and obviously this you've already expanded into mayonnaise, mm. but there's a, there's a bit of a model here for other foods that are also going to waste plans for you to expand have people come to you and said hey we like this idea yeah we've had um we've had some quite big players coming along mm. and say, saying there's definitely interest and a mm. demand from consumers to buy more sustainably um and could you do a product for us we've looked at s- sort of snack ranges um soups pasta sauces in the past um all these things we i'm especially because i'm um I've got a short concentration span and I love new ideas mm. it's it's trying to tailor back on those and realising mm. just keep it really simple do one thing really well and then expand into something else um, so I think as a brand we'll be in condiments in that area for quite a while mm. um, but there's definitely interest in going into anything that extends the shelf life of a fruit and veg and that could be put to Ruby's yeah. Um, Ruby's brand. So, how do how do listeners find your products? You, you, Waitrose is one place. Yeah. Um. So we're we're actually just in Waitrose London stores. There's 40 London stores. Um. We're in a lot of delis across the country. Our website's got a a, um, a lot of them there. You can also get them on the website. 
Uh, we're in Ocado, um, and then we work quite a lot in sandwich companies. So it's hopefully in a cafe near you, we, you might be. You may have had some rubies in the rubble without realising it. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> splendid. Well, it's been fantastic to 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 sense your enthusiasm for this, and uh, and as an, you know, a great model for le- good leadership, taking an idea and then running with it. So thank you very much. Thank you. So it's my privilege, my pleasure to interview Jenny Costa today. Uh, Rubies in the Rubble again is the company. So uh, do um, check out the website rubiesintherubble.co.uk. Dot uh, com. Dot com. Rubiesintherubble.com if you want to find out a bit more. So my thanks to Jenny. My thanks to you for uh, giving us your time this afternoon at uh, Leadership File. Do you uh, tune in again next Sunday? At 3.30, you can find uh, archive versions, of course, of the Leadership File by going to Premier's website or by going to iTunes. And uh, you could even uh, sign up and uh, get the uh, Leadership File every week to your listening device. Thanks for your company. Uh, God bless. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk. 